Welcome to the Remote CEO Show. My name is De Niro Bartolini, AKA De Niro B. I'm an acclaimed business coach and my moonshot is to change the face of work and business forever. With each episode, we bring you some of the most inspiring and insightful interviews with six, seven, eight, and nine figure entrepreneurs to crack the code on how to build your remote empire and have fun while doing it. Thanks for stopping by and let's get started. What's going on, CEOs? Daniel will be here with another episode of the Remote CEO Show. Today, we're here with Michael Fitzgerald. Michael is a serial entrepreneur and the founder of OnePage CRM. He's an engineer by profession and a product guy at heart. Michael is passionate about building solutions for small businesses He's also a founding member of a co-working space for startups, a guest speaker, and the co-founder of an app development competition. Super excited for this chat. We'll talk about business, sales, and customer service. So let's get right into it. Michael, welcome to the Remote CEO Show. How are you doing today? Very good, Danira. Thanks very much for inviting me to the show. Absolutely. It is my pleasure. And Michael, I ask every single one of my clients to tell me more about their stories. So please tell us what got you into entrepreneurship. Um, I, like, I guess I grew up on a, on a family business, um, but I was the youngest of seven kids. So my mom used to joke to me saying, uh, don't be eyeing up this business. Uh, you're only a tenant. <laughs> um, so I, I started off, I guess, working for other people. And I always had this thing in my head that I wanted to do my own thing. Maybe it's coming from family tradition. Um, so I ended up, uh, I, I suppose I had a, a, you know, a checkered uh, past that brought me to that point. Uh, I was involved in medical device and product design and different things, but I ended up in the software world, which is still kind of product design. I'm still a product person. Um, and, and it just was, it was probably the one that I could start at the time. And, uh, you know, I could see a way of scaling it rather than trying some large physical product and getting bogged down in it or, you know, something mechanical or whatever. So um, I started and I'm very happy to be in the software world. Um, I guess the current business I'm in, one page CRM, um, it, it kind of came from, um, you know, having a client services business, which uh, we built, you know, software, web apps for other people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I literally one day said, uh, you know, I want to grow the sales in this business because I guess I've always been a kind of a product person and, and didn't see myself that much as kind of like being really good at business. So I literally Googled uh, how to grow sales. And I could see this, uh, what was coming up at the time was like, you know, if you increase your sales actions, you can increase sales. So I went looking for a CRM that would kind of, you know, push me towards those sales actions. And, and I just didn't find anything. And most CRMs, and still to this day, a lot of CRMs are just databases. They hold really good for holding information, but nothing to give me that poke in the morning, like mm-hmm. a, a little kick to say, listen, these are the sales actions you need to do to move your business forward. Mm-hmm. So I literally sketched something on a napkin, um, but I was too busy uh you know, in client service to do anything about it. Um, 
So, you know, and, and the idea is still the same. Our, our product mission from the start uh, on that napkin was, I guess, applying the concept of GTD, getting things done, which I was a practitioner, um, to sales. And, you know, taking out the very relevant parts, which is that focus and that, that focus on the next action. And sales is very much about focusing on the next action. There's no point in doing up a proposal for a client if you haven't even you know, got a good relationship with them yet or kind of, you know, um, seeing if they have a need and stuff like that. So the next action is, you know, in that case, see if they have a need. So I apply that, to, that you know, uh, concept of getting things done to sales. Um, and it just kind of stepped, it kept eating at me. I said, okay. And then one day I, I, I gave in and I, I had this habit of uh, going out and getting ice cream for the team. We only had about five or six people working in this client services business. Yeah. But I brought in ice cream for everybody and they were opening their wrappers. And I said, okay, today we're starting a new uh, a new product. Um, and we're going to ship it in three months time. Because I was actually influenced by, I had read, you know, Reid Hoffman, the founder of LinkedIn. He had said, if you're not half embarrassed by your product, when it goes live, you've left it too late because I was probably coming from a point where I was really good at getting products finished, finished well. Um, and then another one from Seth Godin, and he had an article once on building in shipping as a feature. And I was amazed by this concept. It was only an article a few lines long, mm -hmm. but it kind of was like, what if, if one of the main features in a product was shipping on a certain date? That means you would leave out other features to honor that date. And it I, it, I guess it kind of almost forced before people were talking about minimal viable product yeah. and, and all that, it kind of forced me to do a minimal, minimal viable product. So we did that uh, with the one page CRM concept yeah. and that's what started it off. That's what made me start this business. And then with a little bit of seed money and um, we developed it in our customers' hands. So we, we've grown this to multi-million dollar business and that was basically focusing on, you know, product wow and customer wow, and to get that traction. I was influenced by, I guess, uh, you know, uh, Tony Shea's book called Delivering Happiness. He's the founder of um, Zappos. Yeah. And also, I remember I was at a talk once where Craig Newmark was at it. Um, he's the founder of Craigslist. Yeah. And while he was waiting to go on stage, we could kind of see him or waiting to go to the podium. I could see him, you know, uh, typing on this little notebook and then when it came his turn to talk he went up to the podium and he, and he kind of in part of his introduction he said by the way you know what I was doing there on my laptop I was answering support queries that's my main job in this business so it just taught me from the start you know be very close to your customers and understand their problems uh, and you know like I said about Tony Shea's book delivering happiness do whatever you have to do to keep them happy so we've grown this business without spending anything hardly on uh, buying traffic, any uh, marketing for, uh, you know, buying leads or anything like that. We've grown it from customer well. So that's how we started the business. Um, it came, I guess, like I said, typical scratch your own itch. Uh, I wanted a good CRM to uh, grow my client services business. And in the end, our product dwarfed our client service business and we, we dropped that good few years ago and we've been a product company since that's fantastic that's 
a fantastic story. And there's actually so many follow-up questions to what you brought up right now. Uh, let me start from the first thing that you talked about, which is that you build a bit, uh, you build this software around the GTD system. Uh, I know very well what the Getting Things Done system is. I actually have it in my book. It's something that I covered in my book. Uh, but I want you to uh, tell us, our audience, what it is and uh, why it is such a great tool or a great system. Well, the, the biggest thing for me, I mean, like GTD has many concepts and I'm sure you know it fairly well, but the biggest thing for me was, you know, and when we talk about focus and the, and the GTD that focus uh, or the focus that GTD brings, it's about not being worried about the things you're not doing. And that kind of comes from having a trusted system, be it your calendar, your to-do list. Or I remember, you know, the book at the start, he used to talk about these files, uh, putting stuff into a waiting for file or whatever it was. But what it meant is that you were able to clear all this other stuff away from you because we don't want to have our minds being you know, populated by something trivial uh, that should be in a system. And it's like, you will trust that the system will tell you when the time comes for you to do that. So don't yeah. worry about it and focus on what you have to do now. And by the way, like, you know, I bring GTD into the company and not only the product. So when new people start in our business, I have an onboarding session with them as well. And a lot of thing I teach them is the trusted system that we have. Um, and GTD talks a lot about trusted systems being technology or books or something or diaries or whatever it is that remind you and kind of hold information on tasks that need to be done at a certain time. But I build it into people. And in our company, we are very strong on, you know, if there's a little task to be done and you give it to, to Tom or whoever it is, you should be able to forget about that task. Tom has to be able to, you know, take that. Maybe there's a quick reply saying in Slack or, or email, whatever it is, saying, I got it, I'll get to it next week, or you know, a quick ask when it when it needs to be done, and then they have it. And then you can forget about that. The last thing you want to do in uh in terms of a business is giving something to Tom, and then in the back of your head, you kind of think, I've better put down in a reminder for myself to ask Tom in a week's time, <laughs> did he actually do what I asked him? So that's all part of GTD. GTD extends into the team. It extends into our product and it ex extends into the systems and tools we use every day. We have to be efficient. Uh, I don't know if you know the CRM business that well. We're up against, you know, a few 800 pound gorillas, not just one. And yeah. so we need to punch above our weight uh, in terms of, you know, running our business, uh, doing what we need to do in our product, whatever it is to keep our customers happy. Uh, so we need to be ultra efficient. Um, and that, you know, GTD and, and the trusted system of people and the technologies we use gives us that uh, ability to punch above our weight. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so that was a great answer. Thank you very much. I'm sure that my listeners um, uh, will, you know, now understand, you know, the, the concept of GTD a lot better. Now, I want to talk about now the minimum viable product which is something that I find that um, a lot of people, especially new entrepreneurs, have a problem with. And that's why so many people take years to even, you know, get started. When in reality, like you said, uh, if you already have something, you know, there's never a better time to get started, uh, at least to talk about it. So can you kind of talk a bit more about 
that uh you know uh philosophy of of action and how it's been you know crucial when it comes to to launching something new and how do you translate that into your everyday leadership role in your business um well just just to, you know we'll we'll talk about minimal viable product first i remember giving a talk to students and saying you know you guys are actually lucky you don't have much money so you're natural uh finders of the minimal viable product uh you know when you don't have that funding or whatever it is like funding can be a, a double-edged sword you could end up adding bloat to your software and you can end up uh, developing the software in the wrong way too fast without giving time for to do customer development yeah so um to me that minimal viable product um is all about uh finding the truth uh and there's a there's a small little book i remember reading a while ago it's actually from an irish woman as well i can't remember her name but it's called difference it's just a simple book called difference and if there's one word in there she always talks about is finding the truth mm-hmm. and what is that with your customer what is the like what is their workflow what is their problems what is their um you know what is what is their exact needs that uh, what they're trying to solve yeah and if you can find that truth that is your minimal viable product because lots of us engineers and product designers and ux designers we like focusing on the product instead of focusing on the problem the yeah. problem will give you the mvp naturally um and it's it's like okay and some other people don't like going out speaking to customers maybe they're they're shy or they're a little bit geeky or something like this but that's where the magic happens when you sit with your customer for a day see where they're uh, maybe inefficient see where there's pain points see where the existing systems are just not doing the job or not connecting the dots you sit down there and you find out the truth that's what gives you the minimal viable product that's what gives you the focus to say okay this is what we build guys this is what's going to solve the problem with this uh with this customer this customer yeah. one even if that's the way you're starting yeah a great book called zero to one i think a lot about it is that like yeah. you know so yes I'm sorry your second part which is about in the daily team in here what did you say no, I was actually saying that um, people need to really understand the difference between minimal viable product and just something that is incomplete. You know, something that's incomplete, it may just be one or two features, but they are solving some peripheral problems that are not really the main thing that you're trying to do with yes. you. And so, yes, yeah, of course. I mean, like you yeah. could end up developing what you felt is a nice problem to solve. Uh, whereas it's not the problem to, to that the customer wants solved, so yeah. that's where that's yeah. where it becomes a problem. You you think that actually you're you're developing product, but you and you you feel you're developing in the right direction, yeah. but it's just not getting to the core or the root of the problem of what the customer needs. Yeah, and and like I said earlier, it can end up in giving you a product with a bloat, and bloat comes in many ways. I mean, like. And, you know, in settings, if you develop something and then you don't want to upset customers, sometimes you have to upset customers to make sure that you stick to your product vision. Yeah. And, you know, if something gets added and you need to change it for the greater good. And then you just have to do it. And it's not about, you know, giving a whole host of settings so they can have the old version and the new version. You just have to fight it and move on because to me, settings are bloat. You know, too many menus, too many options. 
asking yeah. people to choose what way you want to set something up when instead of that focusing on understanding their problem and giving them what they need not what they want yeah yeah i think again it's important to understand it as mvp and not just mp because the viable and <laughs> minimum viable product is exactly that it's you know yeah. something that actually does make sense and it, it, it and it has that impact that you're looking for Absolutely. And, you know, the, the minimal viable product then really ties in very well, like you talked about it before, with that, with customer uh, feedback. Now, uh, you know, Tony, you know, bless his soul, he passed away in 2020 in a terrible, you know, home accident. Uh, but yeah. he had so much going on for him. And it was, it's so sad to see what happened to him. But, you know, what he's left behind is legacy and all this information and all this knowledge is really still, you know, at the core of many startups and many businesses. And so uh, making sure, like you said, to listen to your customer feedback, not because every single piece of feedback you need to implement in your business, but what's important is really to see the patterns. And if there's something that's been repeating over and over again, when you're speaking to your customers, when you're listening to your customers and seeing uh, these problems, you know, implementing those changes. How do you, uh, how does your team do that? How do you uh, incorporate customer fee or rather, how do you get uh, customer feedback through which tools and how then you incorporate it in your next iteration of, of your, of your software? Yeah. So I, I guess what that book delivering happiness did is, is built it into our culture. So it's not like say, oh yeah, there's a process. We go through a process and we do it. It's built into our culture. Uh, if you take it, I mean, like I know that Tony Shea and his company, he made people work. It didn't make a difference what role you were going to be. You spent the first, I think it was two weeks or something like that, working in customer service. So you got it up front and you were almost like, you know, this is the culture we do. And I remember he had this, he was famous for, I think he would pay you $2,000 after a few weeks of work to leave. So if, if, if this company wasn't for you, he would actually pay you to leave the company. He'd pay you a bonus. Uh, so he wanted the right people, like Jim Collins would talk about, the right people on the bus into the right seats. And those who didn't care about customers were kind of, you know, gotten rid of very early. So that's that's we have that culture as well. We, we have people that work. Uh, you know, it doesn't make a difference what you do in the company. You're exposed from the start to customer service. And when customer service uh, people talk to us within the company, they're almost given higher priorities because they represent the customer. So we will do that. Um, the other thing as well, I guess, uh, to do with customers, we have one thing I do is that, you know, nobody is protected from the customer. So even in our onboarding funnel for a product, we've got a 21-day free trial. And I think it's on day nine or day 11 or something like this that there's a, e a very plain email comes from me as the founder of the company and also the product guy. And it, it admits that, hey, this is an automated email, but if you reply, I will reply to you. And that's just brilliant. I get feedback directly to me. They're not support queries. They're like yeah. the ideas or the problems they're having. And I will stay close to it. As well as that, I do customer visits. In in 2018, I took a month off and I got a camper van and I did a tour of the UK um, calling into uh, customers 
sitting down with them for the day, you know, um, seeing, uh, you know, their problems. It was really an eye opener. Uh, we, we picked, you know, different industries that's using our product and walking into a room because we built our product for really for small companies, small sales teams. But at one stage I walked into an office and I could, I think there was about 30 people working on, on these large screens and at least half of them had our product open on their screen. Yeah. And it was just amazing yeah. to see that. And then, you know, you get an idea of the problems of the larger companies using our product. And then we, we were able to develop towards that. So we were able to develop a product, keeping it simple for the single user, you know, like consultants and, and uh, you know, real estate and insurance salespeople. They're all, you know, more or less single users. But we've got then, you know, some some companies that are using up to, you know, 100 users or 50 users or something like that. So it was a real eye-opener for us to actually see uh, how larger companies were using our product. And that, that's been brilliant. That, you know, from the top down, uh, nobody is protected, you know. A customer can email me. That's not a problem. If it's a support query, I'll pass it on to support. But if it's a, a genuine thing that's really annoying them, I want to hear that. Yeah. And another thing we do, our engineers all take turns on manning support over a weekend. They might only do it once or twice a year. And it's a very light support, so they don't have to kind of clear the whole backlog. They just checking, okay, you know, if that can wait until Monday, that's fine. But if it's something serious and I can help somebody out and they're trying to do work on the weekend, one of our customers, our engineers are trained to respond to that query. And that's the great thing about that is that when you talk to that engineer on a Monday morning or they'll walk up to my desk and they'll say, hey, we've got to fix this thing. It's really annoying. And, I, you know, and I've got the power to fix it. Will, will I fix it? And I say, of course, just go fix it. So that's been brilliant as well. We don't protect our engineers from our customers. They get it on the weekends. They see their issues and then they're more motivated to solve them. If somebody is, you know, trying to import a file with their customers over a weekend, they're trying to get set up and get started on the Monday morning, you know, our engineers can see that and they can see the frustration maybe or something like that. So, you know, it all just means that we ha end up having a really good product UX wise. We have, you know, a really good product in terms of performance for the, the market that we're selling into. Makes sense. Makes sense. Listen, uh, Michael, I actually wanted to know about your product, and I'm sure that my listeners want to know more about that as well. So can you share with us a few features and if there's something exciting coming out the pipe that you want to share with our audience? Yeah, I'm. Of course, I mean, like, we, you know, our product is, uh, you know, being called one page CRM. And that is really about focus and focusing on sales. So what we have is a quite unique CRM. Um, and like what I was saying at the start, something that focuses on next actions. So we have this unique action stream. And that is your main dashboard, your main page. When you log in in the morning or when you, you know, hit the home button on our application, you're brought to the action stream. And that's a list of your contacts or your clients, or your, which are your leads, or your uh, prospects, whatever they are, and their next action. Just that one next action to move that sale forward. And each one of them gets this flag. And so it's like, a, you know, if it's something is overdue, the flag is red. And if it's, if it's today, it's orange. Or if it's in the future, it's this light gray. So you can see it a snapshot. These next actions associated with the contact that float to the top. So you just keep punching out those um, orange and red flags 
And then you can walk away from sales and do whatever else you need to do for the day, whether it's getting, you know, uh, doing other some other stuff in your business, whatever it is. But we really bring that focus. So the homepage is not about charts and graphs. Charts and graphs are the result of you doing great sales work. So it's your sales actions. And that's what is the, you know, our DNA is sales actions that are all built into this action stream. That's the things that will move the sales forward. That's the things that will make the needle on your lovely fancy charts and graphs move. So that's our main focus. And that's what that's what our clients love about our system as well. So that, I guess that's that was always our minimal viable product. And it still is the core of our application today. We didn't get carried away with those you know, fancy features of charts and graphs and dashboards that show you lovely little uh, gauges and stuff like that. So we do have them. They are there for reporting, but it's not the main thing about our product. Um, as regards what's coming up, uh, something we're really excited about, you know, after developing this product, you find out that the CRM or the sales and your prospects and your customers are really, really the center of your business, whether you're a single you know, a business of one or your, you know, a small growing company, your customers, your prospects, your sales pipeline, it's the center of your business. And uh, the thing we're working on at the moment, and while we have lots of integrations to, you know, QuickBooks and Xero and uh, MailChimp and, and different email tools and everything like that, we want to really become that central system. So what we're building is a, uh, an app marketplace for people to be able to build their own integrations with OnePage CRM and have their data from other systems appear in a very customer-centric way. So it's something I think that if a CRM is going to be in the middle of your company, it has to be the center of truth, the source of truth. This is where you find who you're dealing with and you're able to branch off into whatever direction you want to go to actually get that other information. So if you're looking up a customer and you want to see did they pay the invoice? You can jump over to QuickBooks or you can see, you know, what maybe newsletters they're opening. You can jump off to MailChimp um, or, you know, internally with us, you can see what emails they're opening and, and what they're doing. Um, so that's something really exciting. Um, and we're just we're just at concept stage with this. We've done some designs and drawings, but we're hoping to be able to build something that allows our users or even somebody with a little bit of knowledge um, a technical knowledge or able to build their own applications um, inside one page CRM. So it really just cements us as the center of truth in your small business or your business of one. That is fantastic, Michael. There's so much coming up and I'm sure again, that my listeners will want to know more about uh, the platform. So where can people find you or the platform online? Yeah. So we're, a completely online business. We were born online, and so we're, we exist as a web application, and that's on uh, one page CRM, O N E, page P A G E, C R M dot com. And we also have you know mobile applications, but the best place to go to create a new account and and get a free trial, twenty one day free trial, and give us the opportunity to wow you with our customer service. Uh, so it'd be great if we got. Uh, you know, uh, some of your listeners to try our product and we're always open to feedback. I love getting feedback. So even from you, De Niro, if you want to try out our product and give us feedback, you'll get my email address in there and we communicate. Perfect. Michael, again, thank you so much for being in the Remote CEO Show. I'm looking forward to having you back in the future. And in the meantime, 
Enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you. And this is it for today, CEOs. Thanks for staying with us until the end. Can I ask you a big favor? Can you please leave a review? I know the podcast app is not super straightforward. So if you don't know how to leave a review, just DM me on Instagram at B. D-E-N-I-E-R-O-B, and I will send you the direct link to the review section. And to show you my appreciation, I will answer any business question you ask me during that conversation. So thank you again, and I will talk to you again soon.